You're listening to the Organize My Thoughts podcast, where we teach you how to get out of your head so you can execute the vision. I am your host, Kyla Jackson. Let's get started. Hello, family, and happy Wednesday. I hope you all are having an amazing week so far. Welcome back to another episode of the Organize My Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Kyla Jackson, execution strategist and accountability coach, here to help you stop information hoarding, get out of your head, and execute on your God projects. So before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick second to shout out everyone who completed the push challenge. You guys showed up. It was amazing. God brought great revelation. And a lot of people were pushed outside of their comfort zone, but really picked up the projects that they had put down due to overthinking, procrastination, and so many other things. So I'm so grateful for everyone who showed up. And for those of you who missed the last push challenge or you're wondering what the push challenge is, the push challenge is a free three-day boot camp designed to help you execute on the things that you've been procrastinating on. So if you want to join the next push challenge, it's happening February 28th through March the 2nd. So you can click the link in the show notes to save your spot, or you can go to OrganizeMyThoughts.com if you're listening after this challenge has already passed to join the waitlist for the challenge. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Y'all, this was so good to me. As you can see by the title of today's episode, we're going to talk about the opposition that you face when executing on a God project. Now, during the last push challenge, as we were having the strategy session, one of the women was just talking about just the immense pressure that she had been feeling as she was executing on something that was causing her to be very uncomfortable. And another woman was mentioning just like how she is really stuck in her head and just the amount of overthinking that she gets attacked with every time she tries to pick up this God project. And as they were talking and they were talking about some of the things that they were facing, God really reminded me that we're not up against an ordinary opponent. When you are executing on a God project, all of hell is trying to kill your momentum. And what I mean by that is when you are moving in a God thing, there's a level of resistance that is greater than if you were doing something in your own strength. And the reason why it's greater is because everything that God has you to do is always a seed planted that will lead to something greater. And so sometimes when God plants a vision or an idea in our heart, we may think it's a small thing, right? We may think, okay, you know what? God called me to create an online community and, you know, I'm just going to do it in my own strength. This is what I'm going to do. But we don't realize the magnitude of the impact that God will move through that thing. So you think you're just starting an online community, but really you're creating a safe space for the Holy Spirit to move and for people to be, you know, delivered and set free and for chains to be broken. Or you may think, you know what, God just called me to start a business, right? But then what's happening is God is positioning you in an arena where you're going to be able to not just help people in the area of business, but God is also going to use you to reveal himself to people who wouldn't usually step foot in a church. 
And so we really have to be aware of the level of opposition that we face when we move into these God projects, because I feel like a lot of times we just label it as, you know what, I can't stop overthinking. I keep on procrastinating. I keep getting distracted without realizing that these are spirits sent to steal, kill and destroy your assignment. So you're not up against an average opponent, which means that you have to learn how to fight differently. There's so much information on the internet right now about how to stop overthinking and how to stop getting distracted and all these other things. And they say things like, you know, say affirmations, switch your environment, all of those things. And all of those things are practical things that you can do to fight against those things. But you as a believer have to realize what's going on under the surface. You are not just fighting against overthinking. You're fighting against a spirit of fear. You're not just battling with procrastination. You're dealing with a spirit of distraction. I talked about this on a previous episode, but if the enemy cannot stop you from what you're doing for God, he will try to keep you busy. So for my visionaries who consistently get idea after idea after idea, and you have trouble finishing what you start, sometimes it's really just the enemy trying to place the next shiny thing in front of you to pull you away from the God project into quote unquote, a good thing. It's a good thing for me to start this, but is it the God thing that he's called you to, right? The God thing is going to require you to trust him in a new area that you never have before. The God area is going to require you to be vulnerable, transparent, some of the things that the body doesn't naturally want to do. And so we really have to be mindful of our opponent, of what is happening in the background. And this is the reason why some of you just can't seem to shake this cycle, right? I call it the idea cycle where you get the idea, you start researching and planning, and you may even start to work on that project. But then every time a distraction or an interruption takes place, and then you abandon that idea and get stuck in decision paralysis or procrastination. A lot of that is happening because you don't know how to win the battle against this spiritual warfare coming up against you. Or you may not even realize how much of a battle that you are in because a lot of it is taking place in the realm of the spirit. And I think that a big reason why a lot of people don't realize the type of warfare that they're under is because the enemy is very strategic. He works very subtly. He doesn't want you to notice the type of, you know, traps and distractions and things that he's planted. So he does it in a very practical way. And I want to give you a practical example from the book of Nehemiah. So for those of you who are not familiar with the story of Nehemiah, um, God called Nehemiah to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, which had been in ruins for years. And at the time, Nehemiah was working for the king. So he left his position as cupbearer and he went on to, you know, go lead this mission. Now, as he began to lead the mission he, and they actually started rebuilding the wall, all of a sudden, all of this opposition came up against them. And the opposition had a name. Um, their names were Sambalot and Tobias. And these were people who were very upset that the wall was being rebuilt. And so they did everything that they could to distract Nehemiah from this mission. They really wanted to stop it. They did not want it to take place. And so some of the practical things that the enemy did to distract Nehemiah was he would use Sambalot and Tobias to spread rumors about Nehemiah's character. He would tell them to call him away from the work that he was doing in order to meet with them when they were really just plotting to kill him. He would do all of these things, but I want you to focus on the fact that he used distraction as a method to steal, kill, and destroy the work and the momentum that Nehemiah had in leading the rebuilding. 
And in Nehemiah chapter 6, starting at verse 2, it says, So Sambalat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sambalot's servants came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor among surrounding nations and Geshem tells me it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel and that is why you are rebuilding the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets to Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. Nehemiah replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. And then in verse nine, Nehemiah says, they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continue the work with even greater determination. Now, I love the story of Nehemiah because it provides us a very plain scope for one of the ways that the enemy tries to kill our momentum in what we're doing for Christ. In this particular passage, you can see how he was just using flesh and blood in order to still kill and destroy again their momentum. But he wasn't fighting against Sambalat, Tobias, and Geshem. He was fighting against a spirit of distraction. In this particular case, they were spreading lies about his character, saying that he was doing the rebuilding only for himself. They were trying to get him to stop what he was doing, to go entertain useless conversations with them instead of focusing on his work. But really, they were just trying to lure him away from the momentum and the real work. And really, they were trying to kill him because they did not want this to take place. And so many times we are being lured away by distractions, whether it's in the form of people we've shared our vision to, and they all of a sudden begin to spread all this negativity or this doubt in our minds about it because they didn't understand the totality. Or sometimes it's, you know, our own thoughts, right? When God is calling you to build something and maybe it requires you to be vulnerable, now the enemy is moving through this spirit of shame. Oh, what are people going to think about you if you begin to share this? What are people going to think? Who said that you were qualified to do this out of all people? All these other people are doing it and seeing such great success. You're not going to have that success. Those people have more money than you. They have more access. They have more resources. Who are you to do all of these things? Those thoughts that we hear, that is the fruit of the spirits at work behind them. So they're not just thoughts. These are seeds that are being planted by the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy your momentum as you're trying to complete your God projects. So whether those thoughts came from your own mind or they were planted by the enemy or the enemy used somebody close to you to plant those seeds of doubt, discouragement, shame, whatever it is, you have to recognize that your battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not with the person who said that you would never accomplish anything. It's not with the person who said that your idea would never work. Your battle is with spiritual wickedness in high places. It's with these spirits that are trying to still kill and destroy your momentum. Your battle is not with yourself. You're not fighting against yourself. You're fighting against the enemy. You're fighting against the devil. We have to stop making it cute. 
Ephesians 6 and 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You are not fighting against yourself. You may be stuck in your head, but you're not fighting yourself. You're fighting the seeds that the enemy has planted to get you to be stuck. And I have to say this because we feel like the remedy to getting out of our head sometimes is just saying these affirmations. I'm qualified. I'm equipped. I can do this, right? And sometimes we go to all of these conferences and we sign up for these events and these challenges where these people are just telling us, just do it. You can do it. Go for it. Believe in yourself and you can do all these things. And they're not getting to the root of the issue. Some of you guys have been battling with overthinking and decision paralysis and procrastination for years. You've been having the same toxic thought cycles go in your mind and you don't even know where it started. That's how strategic the enemy is. Some of these lies that you have been believing about yourself have been ingrained in you since childhood. And those are seeds that need to be uprooted. But before they are uprooted and before you begin to go to battle, you have to be aware of the battle that's taking place in your mind. In order for you to win this battle, it's going to take a lot more than affirmations. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to break these chains and these cycles. You need the wisdom of God to know how to apply the spiritual principles in your practical life. Because a lot of people, they say they read the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. I'm saying my scriptures, but I still don't see any changes because you don't have revelation of how to apply that to your life. You don't have revelation on how to apply that in the face of opposition. It's easy to move through and to have faith and to persist when there's nothing coming up against you. But as soon as you face opposition, all of a sudden, it's so easy to retreat and to abandon that God project. But that's not the time to abandon it. It's the time to push through, to press into what God has been teaching you in that season and to fight. Baby, you're in a fight because you're carrying something. That God project is a seed. You are birthing something that is going to be a solution in the earth. You are birthing something that God is going to use to save souls. Do you understand the importance of a seed? Do you understand the importance of carrying something precious? Jesus was a seed planted on the inside of Mary by the Holy Spirit. And he was such a threat even at a seed that the enemy used King Herod to say that all male children who were two years and under are to be murdered. Why were they going to be murdered? Because the enemy was trying to find out where Jesus would be. He was trying to kill the seed and he's using the same tactics today. He doesn't even want your God project to leave your mind. He wants it to just stay as an idea, an idea that you felt like you can never accomplish. Why? Because he wants to kill the seeds. That is why when you share your idea with people who you think will support you and they start to spew all this doubt or they may even steal your idea, they may all of a sudden just start trying to convince you that you can't do this. That's not a coincidence. The enemy is trying to kill the seed. In those moments where you finally have enough courage and confidence to move forward and you start to actually act on and move forward in completing that God project. And all of a sudden you get hit with waves of discouragement and life starts lifing and you just feel like you can't take it anymore. And so you stop. The enemy's trying to kill the seed. And I'm sharing this with you to remind you to push past the opposition and execute. 
you're not in the wrong area, you're not in the wrong season just because it seems like all hell is broke loose when you decide to move forward on your God project. That is a sign that you are in the right place. When you begin to see opposition, you know that you're in the will of God. It's crazy as it sounds, and it's because of the impact of the seed that you're carrying. And the beautiful part about all this is that in the midst of this opposition, you have the victory. And that's what he doesn't want you to know. He wants you to feel like the fight is fixed for you to lose, but it's not. It's fixed for you to win. It's fixed for you to grow in character, to grow closer to Jesus, to be empowered by his strength, to do impossible things. The fight is fixed in your favor. And I believe that this was such a message that God wanted me to understand as I was leading the PUSH program because I began to see, man, we're not up against ordinary opposition. I shared my testimony before, but for five years, I was stuck in this cycle where I could just not produce anything. Anytime I would try to move forward, I would feel stuck. I would get attacked with overthinking and shame and discouragement time after time. I would have people that suddenly spring up doing the stuff that God called me to do every single time I would move forward. So I got stuck in even more comparison and all of these things left me stuck for years and I could not understand why the opposition was so much. And finally, when God broke me out of that cycle, I was able to see that I wasn't up against an ordinary opponent, that the enemy has seen what I was going to be doing now and even in the future. And he was like, let me just try to kill the seed. Let me make her think that she's not qualified, that there's no way she can do what it is that God is doing through other people. Let me just kill her confidence. Let me blind her to her true identity because if she really knew the boldness that God put inside of her, if she really knew the impact of what she was created to do, if she really found out who she was in Christ, I'm in trouble. And that's what the enemy is trying to do to you. He does not want you to see who you truly are. Whatever God has called you to do, he's not speaking to the you that's struggling with insecurity. He's speaking to the you that he formed in your mother's womb, that before your mom even knew you were there, God had intentionally created you to accomplish great works for his glory. That is the you that he's speaking to, the you that he has already equipped with the wisdom and knowledge, the resources and the capacity to produce this God project. He's written out every day of your life. He knows you better than you know yourself. That is the you that he's speaking to. That's why it's so important for you to get out of your head. Because what's in your head is not reality. It's not the reality that God is calling you to walk in. So if you recognize that you've been struggling in that area and you just feel like, man, I just don't know how to get out. I hear you. I recognize that I'm in a battle, but I just don't know how to get out. I want to pray for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that every single person who is feeling that tug on their heart, God, that you would release them from the bondage of their mind. God, I pray that you would begin to expose every lie that they have believed from the enemy, God, even from childhood. God, seeds that were planted by people that they trusted. God, seeds that were planted even by their parents where they spoke death over them without even realizing it. Father, I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, 
those word curses would be broken. And God, I pray that you would release us from every shackle of procrastination, overthinking, God, and decision paralysis. God, empower us to do what it is that you have called us to do, Father. We rebuke every spirit of distraction coming against our minds, coming against our lives, and coming against these God projects that you have put on the inside of us, Father. We bind every spirit of insecurity, God, that has been plaguing our confidence, God. And we pray right now that the true us would come forth now. We rebuke every spirit of timidity right now. Father, you have not given us the spirit of timidity, but you've given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Father, I thank you that you have created us to be finishers, God, that when you start a thing, you bring it to completion. And because we are your daughters and your sons, Father, that we are also created to finish. So Father, I pray for the grace to execute in this season. God, we come against every distraction and every excuse, Lord. And I pray right now that you will clothe us with strength, drown us in wisdom and understanding, Father, so that we are positioned to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, family, this wraps up another episode of the Organize My Thoughts podcast. If this episode has been helpful for you and you know that you've been stuck in that cycle of decision paralysis and procrastination and you need help to get out, go ahead and click the link in the show notes to join the push challenge. Again, the next one is happening February 28th through March the 2nd. And if you're listening to this after that time passed, you can go to organizemythoughts.com to join the waitlist. I love you guys so much and I'll talk to you on the next episode.